You're listening to the Inside Study Abroad podcast, episode number 23. Welcome to the Inside Study Abroad podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Roberts. In this show, we explore the world of international education and meaningful travel with some fascinating guests, a little friendly debate, and a whole lot of practical advice. Let's get going. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show and greetings from Lima, Peru. Well, actually, while you're listening to this, I'll be on my way to Cusco to begin my five-day hike to Machu Picchu, and I will be completely off the grid. I will have no phone, no computer, no Wi-Fi, no data, no technology. It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait to be off the grid. And this has been a trip I have been scheming and dreaming about for, gosh, at least five years at this point. So, gosh, and it's happening tomorrow. I can't believe it. As many of you might know, but for those of you who don't, I am halfway through month seven of my 12-month experiment as a digital nomad. Now, if you aren't familiar with what I'm talking about at all, you're new to the show, new to me, new to Inside City Abroad, you can go uh, learn more about this over on my YouTube channel, actually. I recorded a few videos explaining what I'm doing, where I'm going, how I made all of this happen. Uh, just go to youtube.com slash the new Dorothy, and you'll find a bunch of videos there. But in the past seven months, I have lived, beginning in September, I've lived in Thailand, Vietnam, Indonesia, Japan, Argentina, Argentina, Chile, and now Peru. I'm exhausted even thinking about it. I cannot believe it. It's like going by so fast, yet so slow. I guess, you know, my friends who have kids, they always say the days are long, but the years are short. And that's kind of how I feel about the last few months. Like, wow, each day I'm like, oh. You know, sometimes it's like grind, and then all of a sudden I'm like, poof, the month's over. Wow. It's been a really amazing experience, and I've learned so much about each of these countries. I've met some fascinating people, ate some amazing food, seen some amazing sights, all the standard stuff you expect from travel. But for me, most importantly, I've discovered or I should say rediscovered a lot about myself. And as I was sharing with some study abroad friends last week, this experience has actually helped me fall back in love with the work of study abroad. Now, I know that might sound weird because I am totally a study abroad enthusiast. I'm one of the biggest champions of study abroad participation you'll ever find. But at the same time, you know, when I was working in the field and, you know, after a decade in the trenches, if you will, I was just starting to lose a little bit of my excitement and passion for the work that we do. And I want to get into this probably in a later episode because I, I think it is quite interesting. But this experience has helped me fall back in love with our work. And so, like I said, I'll save the details for a future episode, but I'll just say that I'm starting to think that, you know, we as professionals might need a required quote, recertification or something as participants in programs abroad. You know, after you've been working in the field for a while, I think it could be really good for us to take off our administrator hat and put on a purely participant hat. I'm not talking about familiarization trips and stuff where they wine and dine you. I'm talking about truly a participant and really reconnect with what it is to the to experience a new place, a new culture, a new dynamic for the first time and really understand um, 
how the experience has changed, likely since most of us had, you know, our first experience abroad. So I don't know, lots of things I'm discovering and uncovering for myself and, and, and what I think it means for my work role in international education and, and our work as professionals, but I'll save all of that for a future episode. But it all does relate to today's topic. So today I want to talk about the differences between participating in study abroad and administering study abroad programs and being a study abroad advisor. Um, Because I think the differences, you know, sometimes can be quite stark and obvious on the surface. You're like, well, of course, they're very different. But I think there are also some differences that are much more nuanced and subtle that I don't think sometimes people pick up on, especially if you're an aspiring professional or emerging professional and sort of new to this this arena. Some of these things you may not obviously get, you know, um, right off the bat. So, you know, I think for... When I work with people, I think understanding the difference between participation and administration is one of the biggest roadblocks facing you know, new professionals. I think often new professionals um, come into this with a deep passion for international programs, you know, from because they've had their own experiences that meant a lot to them. You know, if you're one of these people, you you want more people to have a similar experience uh, to what you had. You know, you're just come back so revved up. You want everyone to be that revved up, and you're just ready to share all the advice that you have about packing and where to travel and maybe how to make it more affordable and and really just helping people understand that th- this is an option for them and that that passion and that that energy for international programs is absolutely a prerequisite for the work that we do. But sometimes it also lacks the depth and the nuanced understanding of what really goes on behind the curtain of making academic international experiences happen. It's a very unique sort of needle to thread sometimes. And this is something, you know, inside the Global Pro Institute, I'm helping people build a brand, a body of work, a powerhouse network so that when it comes time to pull it all together to create this really amazing application package for the positions that they want, all of this helps people cut to the front of the line and land an interview and potentially get that quote unquote dream job in international ed. But what I'm seeing a lot with, you know, all of my clients and and my, my students is that there's sometimes a big barrier standing in the way of most positions in IE, and that's that that idea of, quote, advising, this action and this very critical part of the work that we do in almost every area of the field. You're going to find that, that this is a, a thing that's listed either as a primary section of a job description or it's mentioned multiple times. And and it's something that is very important to your success as an education abroad or international education administrator. So whether you're advising prospective students in international admissions or you're counseling international students through their visa status. Oh my gosh, I'm at co-working and there's a dog barking. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, you guys. This is the digital nomad life. I have no control over my surroundings at this point. So uh, so whether you're working um, with international students through their visa status or talking with interested study abroad students, uh, working with faculty about potential program options or curriculum innovations, I mean, all of this takes some level of advising. You're helping someone along a path from point A to point B. 
Because that's really all advising is, right? It's helping someone with critical information at the appropriate time to help them achieve a desired outcome or goal. I just came up with that definition. I kind of like it. Let me say it again. So all advising is, it's helping someone with critical information at the appropriate time to help them achieve a desired outcome or goal. And I, I really think that this is a foundational skill set and experience that we need to understand as real professionals and not just participants. So moving forward, I think it's really important for anyone working in IE and study abroad or wanting to launch a career in this space to understand the primary differences between participating in international experiences versus administering international experiences. So beyond just, you know, advising, um, there's a lot that's going on behind the curtain that you are helping student, students and, and other constituencies sort of get from point A to point B in their understanding. Because if you don't understand these differences, it's going to be really difficult for you to understand the jobs that you're applying for and even harder for you to then convince someone that you can do that job and do it really well. So I've broken down these differences into eight primary themes. And so I've, I've positioned them as sort of... a this versus that, okay? So there's sort of the participant point of view and then the administrator point of view for each of these eight areas. Areas. So I'm going to try to briefly break each one of them down. Some of them overlap a little bit, but I think for those of you who are seasoned professionals, I think you're going to be nodding your head going, yep, amen, amen. Nope, that's totally a big difference. And I'm sure I'm missing a few things too, but I, we could go on and on and on. And I just want to sort of put this out there in a nice eight-part package. So here we go. So number one, students and participants are typically focused on fun and enjoyment versus administrators are focused on health, safety, and potentially liability issues, right? So students are thinking, okay, I'm just going to have this great time, right? I'm really, I'm going to be smiling and laughing and enjoying myself through this experience and which they should. And we want people to have a good experience and come away feeling positive about their overarching experience. Absolutely. But administrators, we take it a level deeper than that. We also need to be concerned. Uh, is the housing safe? Is it in a, a proper location? Uh, what are the health risks and things we need to prepare students for, for a particular destination? What if any liability issues might come up around a particular program model or destination or activity that's included on um, a program, right? So we want people to have a good time. We want them to, you know, overarchingly enjoy themselves, but we also need to make sure that we're facilitating the things that make it fun, that make it enjoyable. You know, if you're a student's getting really sick based on something that could have been prevented, they're probably not going to have a good time. So the administrator needs to take it a level deeper to really think, okay, how can we facilitate enjoyment by making sure that we've covered our bases in terms of health, safety, and liability as best we can. Obviously, we cannot prevent everything under the sun, but we try to mitigate it as much as possible. So number two is that participants are typically focused on immediate gratification, while administrators are typically focused on longer-term outcomes and goals. Student is thinking right now, okay, so where do I get to go? And um, what countries can I visit? And what do I need to pack? And um, who can I travel with? And what are all the plans I can make? And so, like in terms of, okay, this is exciting and, and things I can, and plane tickets I can book and trains I can, and train tickets I can buy and all these kind of really instant things. Whereas in 
is an administrator, we're thinking about the longer term impact of the experience, right? But from a logistical point of view, which I'll get into more in, in a minute in terms of like academic credit and things like that, but also the learning outcomes. How's the student going to overarchingly evolve as, as a human, right? And the, in their intellectual development, their interpersonal development, their psychosocial development, those types of things. What kind of impact will this experience have on their ability to get a job or get into grad school or write a dissertation? All these things later on that um, could play a role in their personal, professional, academic growth, right? Versus like, ooh, this sounds really cool and fun and fancy right now, immediate gratification. Number three is that participants are typically focused on the adventure of what they're pursuing versus administrators. We are focused on the academics of what they're pursuing. And this is one of those key things that I think I could probably just talk about this one and omit all of the others. And I think that for me, and I think because I, I consider myself kind of a study abroad traditionalist, is that this is the key thing that separates a fun vacation trip abroad versus an academic international experience, right, is the course credit. So students might be thinking, again, coming back to that immediate gratification and the fun is about the travel and the stamps on the passport and all the different sort of things that they can go see and do in a, in a city or region that they're visiting. And, and that's, that's wonderful. That's the adventure of it. And we want them to be excited about that, right? We don't want them sitting in their rooms watching Netflix or something. We want them out there sort of doing and tasting and feeling and touching and all that stuff. But at the same time, administrators also want to make sure those activities and those things that they're pursuing, there's an underlying academic component. How are we taking what they're seeing and learning experience to a, a more cognitive level, if you will? How are we making sure that the courses that they're taking on the ground meet the minimum requirements of what we would expect back in our home campus? How are we making sure that they're going into some kind of intellectual pursuit beyond just sort of, wow, this is really cool and amazing and interesting, but why is it interesting? What is the context and what they're seeing and how it relates to whatever topic they might be studying? And so that this is a key key component. So if you're out there going, oh, I love my study abroad. It was so much fun. That's awesome, and you love the adventure of it. That's amazing. But can you now reflect on your own experience and think about the academic component and what was valuable valuable about that, and and how it helped you understand a subject matter on a deeper level or in a new way? And that's really this is kind of getting really drilling down to the biggest difference between a participant and an administrator. So number four is students typically have a constituency of one. Versus administrators and advisors, we have multiple masters <laughs> that we report to, right? Constituency of many. So students typically, and I say I keep saying typically because I understand there's always outliers, and you know we're we're all very smart people. We understand there's a lot of gray area here, but typically at the core of it. A student is going because they're worried about their own personal experience, whether it's the credit they're going to get, the adventure they're going to have, the fun they're going to have, the things they're going to see and do, all those things. It's really about them, and that's their core focus. Of course, there's going to be students who might have um, 
people back home depending on them that they have to consider. But for the most part, they're worried about their own personal experience. Administrators, however, they're worried about each individual student's experience and also, you know, what's going on with faculty and reporting to higher ups within the institution and, and, and making sure that they're hitting targets or meeting outcome goals that, that they've set as an institution for international programs. Uh, you as an advisor just might be worried about, okay, what is your boss wanting from you? And also what students are wanting for, from you? What does the financial aid office need from you and the, the student activities office and, and the judicial services unit and all these different places where uh, you have multiple masters that you need to sort of report to, collaborate with, understand their needs, their challenges, the barriers, and how their work is going to influence students' ability to actually go abroad. And so you have a lot more demands and uh, constituencies and masters to juggle versus students are just like, hey, I'm going, I'm worried about me, only me right now. So number five is the sexy versus the non-sexy, right? So this kind of comes back to like that fun and enjoyment versus the health and safety thing. But, you know, this kind of gets more up to like a loftier, fluffier side. It's like students, it's like, I get to go abroad and I get to go explore this new place and have this great adventure. And you as the administrator are sitting back in your office or maybe your cubicle and maybe not such a sexy destination and you're, you know, filing paperwork and, and looking at spreadsheets and answering emails and doing some stuff that just on a day-to-day basis is not that sexy. So you're focused more on administration versus the doing, the being, the, the thick of it, sexy side of the experience. Number six is that students are typically, and participants are typically more beginner or novice travelers, right? They don't really, they haven't had a lot of experiences, and so the, sometimes they're only getting at a surface level understanding of, of the experience, of a culture, of a place, of a language, whereas as administrators and advisors, we're typically much more seasoned travelers. We, we've been there. This is not our first rodeo, right? So we have had a chance to sort of get through the cobwebs and the awkwardness of like what it means to be a world traveler and, um, and get to know a local culture and what it takes to sort of get out of the surface level experiences. And so when we get to travel, we tend to get to go a little bit deeper and have a much more maybe meaningful experience because we know how to navigate it because we are seasoned. Number seven is that, and this is sometimes one of those things that as, as a seasoned, you know, administrator and professional, and those of you who are seasoned as well, I think you'll relate to this is that this is often one of those things that pulls people into the experience. So they have this passion and then they're thinking like, okay, I'm going to get to travel, right? So participants, they're typically having to pay for these experiences, pay to travel. Whereas administrators, we often get paid to travel. Not always, right? So I'm not saying once you get a job and study abroad, you're going to be jet setting around the world. Although I will say it depends on the job. If you want to jet set, get into international admissions, those people never see home. They're always on the road. But this is a nice sort of perk of working in international programs is that more often than not, maybe more often than your friends who are like accountants or something, you're going to get to probably travel domestically or internationally, which is kind of nice, right? I don't ever tell this people as a selling point because there's definitely some negative sides of the administrative side for sure. But I have gotten to travel to some amazing places 
for my job. I got paid and I was also getting paid to go, right? I've been to conferences all over the world, but I've also done work, you know, administering programs in, in Belize and South America and Africa and all over Asia. And I've gone to conferences in China and uh, Spain and gosh, Ireland, where else? I don't know, all these places. And it's really amazing, right? So that is a big difference is that participants got to figure out that getting over that barrier of access in terms of financial uh, barriers. And we as professionals sometimes get to go as a work perk. Not always. Please don't think that you will be traveling immediately all over the world, you know, once you get a job in international programs. Please don't think that. But there are times that will happen, which is amazing. And then number eight, students are getting to live the experience, the good, the bad, the ugly of of what it means to be on the ground, to be in a program abroad, versus administrators are typically analyzing and critiquing the experience from a, how do we improve it? How do we make sure that we are designing the program in meaningful ways so that we're getting the outcomes and goals that we've set for these types of programs? So we're doing a much more a, a bigger deep dive critical analysis of what what the program is and what it does whereas a student is just living it and they're just thinking oh the housing was good or bad and um, the program was good or bad and I liked the culture or I didn't like the culture I learned the language or I didn't learn the language as administrators were thinking why was it quote good or bad why didn't you learn the language or you did so we're getting a deeper understanding how can we facilitate this in better ways what is going to help us get more students to a deeper understanding of the topic area that they're studying while they're abroad? So we're we're taking a much more sophisticated, nuanced, analytical approach to the experience versus students are just in it, right? And hopefully over time, we're giving them the tools to analyze and critique and things like that. So those are sort of to sum up my eight big differences, and there's many more, I'm sure, and some of these, like I said, overlap, but I feel like these are really important for you to understand that, like, as a participant, you could probably relate to a lot of these things, right? It's like the adventure and just worrying about yourself, and it sounds really sexy, and people are impressed by you, and you got this immediate gratification, you had fun, you had to pay for it, I'm assuming. Um, It was all new and exciting, and, and, and so I think versus some of these other things about the administrators, it's much slower and much more nuanced, much deeper dive and analytical and and really thinking much more long-term and trying to understand the risks of things versus just living it and, and trying to have the best time. So there you have it. Um, by no means, like I said, are, are these the only differences between participation and administration, but to me, these stand out the most. Now, as I said at the beginning, in the Global Pro Institute, I help my students cultivate a brand and then unpack their knowledge, experience, their skills that they have and that they need in order to launch a career in international ed. But where where sort of my help stops is then I sort of refer them to all these resources out there where it's like, okay, you need these skills here are some great resources for you to pursue. One of the hardest skills for them to develop and demonstrate and sort of say, hey, I can do this is advising, right? It's listed on almost every single job description, but often the most difficult to learn about and demonstrate. In international ed, we kind of lack a structured overarching system 
outside of sort of going to grad school and getting a grad assistantship, where people can actually do practical internships and really get practical hands-on experience to learn what we do in this field. They learn all of these things that administrators do that I just described. I want people to understand if they would like even pursuing this career path? Is it the career path for them? And even more importantly than that, determine if they are any good at it. Because I believe that just because we're awesome at studying abroad and participating in the experience and you loved it, doesn't mean that you're going to be good at administering it. Just because you can live the experience doesn't mean you can analyze the experience. Just because you um, could really focus on yourself and make your own experience happen doesn't mean that you can juggle and balance all the needs and demands of all the constituencies that are going to be pulling on you as an administrator that I talked about before, right? So there's very special skill sets and understanding about these two different experiences that just because you loved it doesn't mean you'll be good at it. So in response to this, in response to this sort of like, okay, well, what, what do I need to be an advisor and what, what do I need to understand? I'm rolling out a brand new training program teaching you how to create and optimize an education abroad advising system from the ground up. The program is called the Study Abroad Advising Bootcamp. Very descriptive. <laughs> and so here's a quick overview of how it all works and what we're going to cover. Over the course of seven weeks, beginning the first week of April, I'll be teaching seven core modules that include. So module one is the foundations of education abroad advising. We're going to just sort of give you an overarching understanding of the system and how it works and where you fit into the larger puzzle of international programs and education abroad. Module two is all about meaningful marketing. So this is understanding outreach, promotion, and capturing interested participants in, in programs abroad. Module three, we're going to close the gap from interest to applicants. So how do you actually advise and create application systems and processes that don't prevent students from actually going abroad, but they actually enable students to keep moving through this process? Module four is all about the final decision, application review, logistics. This is a lot of behind the curtain stuff, the non-sexy stuff, all the offices you got to work with, what, what goes into it, why, why certain things are required or not, what we should be sort of having as a, a baseline asking of students versus a barrier. We're going to dive into a lot of that. Module five is all about onboarding. So decisions been made. Now we got to get students prepared. The pre-departure planning, the prep, both from a student perspective, but also the administrative perspective in terms of making sure that all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed in terms of um, the program being prepared to bring on these students. Module six is on the ground. How do you manage students while they're abroad? What is our rules administrators once we sort of sent them on, on their own adventure? What do you need to be understanding and prepared for back on campus or back at home. And module seven is all about coming home, managing the re-entry experience, which is sort of a big kahuna idea. We're going to talk about you as an advisor. What is your role here and what students expect from you logistically, supportively, all these things. So each of these modules, are one, one will be delivered each week um, and will be taught live online and include live Q&A. So I'm really excited to do this very much live, interactive, and it's going to take about 1.5 hours each week. 
Now, what makes this training even more valuable is that while I have some great experience in study abroad advising, I've, I've done a lot of cool stuff uh, and run my own study abroad office, worked as a study abroad advisor, designed a whole study abroad system for, or sorry, an advising system for a provider. I don't know everything, you guys. I, I pride myself on understanding where my knowledge base starts to drop off and then find the resources and the people who can educate me and I can pull in and say, hey, you're the expert on this. You're on the trenches. Help me teach other people. And so because I know there's many approaches to this and perspectives that are all incredibly valuable, I'm going to bring in guest experts. I'm calling in the big guns as part of the training, and I'll be interviewing current practitioners, people who are advising in international education right now. We're going to be talking to advisors, to coordinators, to directors, to service providers, and so many other people, and talk about, one, their career and how they got to where they are, but more importantly, some some nuanced understanding of what their day-to-day looks like. What are they actually doing on the ground? What are their biggest challenges and battles that they're tackling each day? And so you can get a better understanding of what the work of advising in education abroad really looks like because it is very nuanced. And and frankly, it does vary from institution to institution. Each week during the program, I'll interview these guest lectures live on a streaming video and they'll last for about an hour, including time for Q&A, live Q&A from you guys who enroll in the program. It'll be very interactive. We'll be on screen. You'll be able to see our faces and, and really get to to talk to each other. As always, everything that I ever do is always recorded. So if you can't make anything live, don't worry about it. It's all recorded. You'll have access to it. You'll be able to go back to it again and again, take notes, spark new ideas. And hopefully if you're working in the field right now, you'll be able to take action and start implementing some of these things in your own work setting. One of the elements I'm most excited about, aside from the interviews, is I'm going to bring in strategies for marketing and promotion and conversion. Sometimes they're dirty words in international programs, but how do we close that gap? These are the things that I've learned in my journey as an entrepreneur and operating in different industries that I think could be really powerful for study abroad offices and providers. And how do we actually close the gap between the 80%-ish interest in study abroad and the only 10% participation? I think is really important for us to think about how do we actually close that gap? And there are a lot of strategies and tactics from other industries that we could deploy in our work in study abroad. So I'm incredibly excited about this training because it's honestly the answer to the second most common question I get from the inside study abroad community. And that question is, what do study abroad advisors actually do? And that's exactly what the study abroad advising bootcamp is going to break down for you guys. So a few more logistics and a little sort of surprise bonus for you listeners out there. We're going to get started on April Third, so the first week of April, that's a Tuesday. So if you're interested in joining the training, I'm offering a special discount just for Inside Study Abroad insiders, right? The people who are on my email list, my podcast listeners, just for you. I have a discount that will get you $100 off the regular registration fee. So if you enter S-A-A-B-V-I-P-18, 18, SAB, if you will, VIP 18. At, when you register, you'll automatically get the program at $100 off the regular registration fee. 
but that's only good until March 19th, next Monday. So if you're listening to this before March 19th, you can still use that VIP discount, S-A-A-B-V-I-P-1-8. I'm not going to write it down anywhere. It's only being delivered via email if you're on my email list, or you have to listen to the podcast to get that discount code, and um, that will save you $100 this time only. I'm never going to offer it like this again. So if you want in, get in now. And it's only available to the first 25 people to sign up with that code. Okay. So be first, save some money and get in here and come have some fun with us. However, if you're listening to this after the deadline or all of the discount codes have already been used, you can still get in at the early bird rate. So um, I'll have the early bird registration rate, which still saves you about $50. That's available till March 26th. And then you'll be able to register at the regular registration price. Like I said, I'm excited to dive into this topic with you and get sort of back in the trenches of the work of study abroad advising. It's definitely something I spent majority of my career working on, and so I'm excited to sort of bring that knowledge base and expertise and experience to you guys and, and hopefully give you some new ideas and perspectives and, and, and most importantly, the foundation to understanding the whole education abroad advising system. As a true participant, I will say I've been a true participant the past seven months. Somebody else has been facilitating all the logistics for me for the past seven months. I have found, I have a newfound respect and excitement for the work that we do in international education. And like I said, I want to have a whole episode about that in the future. And I can't wait to get into this training with you guys. If you're interested and want to join the training, go to insidestudyabroad.com slash advising, and it will take you to the registration page. And again, don't forget to use that exclusive insider discount code, S-A-A-B, Study Abroad Advising Bootcamp, V-I-P-1818, okay? And it's going to save you 100 bucks off the regular registration fee. I do my best to make these trainings as accessible as possible so that they are much more affordable than many of the other alternatives that are out there and that they don't require you to already be working in international ed, which a lot of them sometimes require as well. And so I really want to make this accessible, especially for those of you who are just sort of dabbling and trying to understand if you want to work in international programs or just getting your career off the ground. Hopefully this is really valuable to you. And if it sounds like a good fit, I hope to see you inside the program. So again, go to Inside studyabroad.com slash advising to see all the details, all the gory details of the FAQ, all that fun stuff, and hopefully register. Now, as for where I'm headed next, as I mentioned, I'm in Peru the rest of this month, and I'll be spending the next week in the Andes hiking to Machu Picchu, Rainbow Mountain, and a bunch of other awesome epicness that I cannot wait (laughs) for and being completely off the grit uh, and just sleeping under the stars and really being in nature. I cannot, cannot wait. Um, I will be sharing some behind the scenes stuff. If you guys are all curious in what I'm doing in my travels, you can follow me as the new Dorothy over on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just Google it, find me there. And if you want to sort of follow Inside Study Abroad and the stuff that I've got going on through the company, you can follow In Study Abroad on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff. Until next time, you guys, thank you so much for listening. It's so wonderful to have you as part of this community and get out there and make some magic happen. Bye for now.